Photographs alter and enlarge our notions of what is worth looking at and what we have a right to observe. A camera has interesting ideas of its own. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. And this is episode 182 for the end of April 2023. And uh, survive tax season. You guys, do you guys do taxes in April? Yeah, we do. Uh, well, there's some interesting wrinkles to that. Um, our tax season ends at the end of April, not the middle of April. Oh, okay. So that's good uh, for one thing. Um, but the big union, uh, one of the Pro public service Alliance of Canada have gone on strike. Oh, so the people who do the taxes for us in Canada are on, on strike. strike. Really? They are. I, I, our IRS doesn't go on strike. <laughs> Funny how that is. Yeah. At that, well, unfortunately, maybe they'll start to unionize and they'll start to fire them. And stuff like that. Apparently they, you know, they all took a, uh, they had big problems during the, during the uh, pandemic, there weren't enough yeah. people. Now there's enough people. People are getting their taxes done. I, I, I don't want to talk about taxes. Ah, uh, <laughs> sorry, everybody. <laughs> people are listening to me like, why are you talking about taxes? Is this? Well, no, yeah. it's you know, it's yeah, it's just well, it's, it's better than what it's what happens. Ripped out of today's headlines. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Boy. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, I had to file an extension, but that's a whole other story. But uh, anyhow, uh, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. We had the uh, nice mid sixties Fahrenheit weather here and went for my walk downtown. It was delightful. It was a very nice day today. A long day, but a good day. Snow melts already? Snow's gone. Gone. Except yeah. for a little bit that's in the shade in the backyard. We should ask Dave how much snow he still has. Oh, uh, I think he's gonna be he's another three or four weeks out probably before yeah, this goes. Imagine away. snow melting in May. I can't believe that. That would be just well, I can strangely. Yeah, I know you can. <laughs> yeah, but I'm from the south here. You know? To the south, yeah. <laughs> I'm the south. The southern district of New York. That's where you're from. Yes. Yeah, we we you know um, we've unfortunately had no snow or like so little. And I was I just relate to photography, not the weather, but I remember I love to go out and shoot in the snow. Like, especially when we have one of these giant snowstorms and I wrap up my camera in, I call it the hobo, you know, um, watertight bag, which is basically a hefty bag, mm -hmm. uh, like a freezer bag. And I cut out a hole and I stick the lens through it and make the hole small so that the lens has to get in really tight mm -hmm. and um, just go out and, and shoot. And I like watching people shoveling or I had this really cool shot. Uh, I don't know if I can find it for the show notes, but of these three guys dragging shovels in the snow there are three of them in a line and they're just sort of they're not carrying their shovels they, like they're dragging it dragging behind them, them. Oh, cool uh, and then the whole ocean parkway is white because it's one of those big blizzards and and i miss that because we just don't get it we get a dusting or something like that and then it melts by the mm. next day and it, this is you know it's been a trend um i don't remember when i last we had a snowstorm i think it's because i bought brand new snow boots and every time i buy brand new snow boots it doesn't snow so uh, I see. Maybe I should throw them out. It's up to you. But I know that uh, you know you get if you get uh, landlocked in snow, that can be kind of tiresome. So my yep. I feel for those people who are 
just have to still deal with it. But uh, yeah, I miss a little bit of it. You could send some of it here. It's okay. New York is. It's, New York I have no it. control. It's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure, go snow. I'll put a curse on. I'll put a hex on you. If you could. Snow. snow. Yeah. Snow, no. Send now. The snow <laughs> No, I don't want any snow now. This is this is April, and uh, all right, we're good. We just had a huge rainstorm, so it knocked all the all the petals off the uh, the um, cherry blossoms. So they're all on the ground now. Oh, I saw some other pictures, pink all over on the on the uh, sidewalks and stuff. I think I saw yeah. some, I saw a picture from Brooklyn actually. Yeah, the botanic garden is probably going to be a bit disappointed because they have their big cherry tree, the Sakura Festival. I think coming up in the next week or two, if I'm not wrong, because it's usually near May, and because everything is a little bit early this year, mm. and now that we had this big rainstorm, all the uh, all the petals are on the ground, so the 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 garden is probably not going to look as nice because it's really nice when the when the petals are in the in the cherry trees. Now they're going to be on the gra green grass, which is its own nice thing, but mm -hmm. I think people like to go see that. So anyway, I haven't been in the botanic gardens in a long time since uh, <laughs> since I got. Not since I got fired and get fired from them, but I was really disappointed that I couldn't do the calendars for them anymore. They mm. outsourced those. They so. wanted to go a different direction. They wanted to go a different direction. And they asked me my opinion about that, and I was like, "You really want my opinion?" About that? I was like, "I'm not very keen on that idea," you know. And yeah. then the calendar quality, at least the year after, I don't know who's doing it now, but the year after, definitely took a mm. dive. But anyway, I'm not bitter about that. No, or not at all. I? No, not at I all. I can't sense it at all. <laughs> yeah, but I haven't been there. But anyway, it's it's looking nice here. Green, uh, warmth, and uh, nice to get out with the camera. I've I've been going around with the uh, medium format a bit, going out mm -hmm. shooting in the morning. I'm just still trying to figure out who I am as a photographer going out and. Catching little bits of my neighborhood, little vignette details and stuff like that. Nothing that I would call sort of spectacular, but I think altogether, as a maybe as a body of work of this neighborhood, I was thinking uh, maybe I should put a little book together and see if people in my neighborhood would want to buy it or mm. you know, help finance it. You know, just do something through Blurb. Um, yeah. And uh, again, when you put all the when I when I look at them in Lightroom and I piece all the piece them all together, it's like, oh, that's. Then it becomes something. It's like not the individual pictures, but sort of the whole. I know a certain together. coffee shop breakfast spot that would probably sell them. Well, actually, <clears throat> now that you mentioned that, uh, he's uh, the coffee shop that Ward is referring to is a place called Blue Star on uh, Cortelia Road. We hit that place for breakfast a bunch of times when Ward was here. I go there kind of every morning, and the guy who owns the place is named Sherman. Um, prior to the pandemic, we'd actually talked about me maybe having a show there. And uh, he, during the pandemic, had a chance to um, uh, renovate the place so that mm. uh, it's a little bit more according to, you know, anyway, he changed the kitchen and stuff like that. So actually just recently I was talking to him uh, as things are settling down now and his renovation is done and uh, he's got a brick wall there's an exposed mm. brick wall in this place. Uh, and he came to me and he goes, you know, we want to start maybe, you know, we talked about hanging stuff up. I'm like, yeah, you know, let's, let's, let's get back into that. I have to put a gallery together for him stuff. I'm not sure exactly what to do, but we were also talking about oh, um, a system to hang the stuff on mm. because he's got, a, he's got brick and to try to make it something that, you know, he's not a, 
millionaire. So you want to make a system that you can hang prints up there easily enough. And uh, especially for other people, right? Because I'm assuming mm. I'm not going to be the only one showing stuff there. Right. So what I remember is I had a show at a juice bar, another place, juice bar, bar kind of place in another part of Brooklyn. And they had an exposed brick wall too. And they used, what was interesting, they used electrical conduit, the, that um, mm. yep. sort of steel pipe, like a really thin version of it. Yep. And they bolted it on to the brick. And so there was like a rail. And when I saw that, I, th I don't know if they came up with the idea, but I came up with the idea of using, do you know molding hooks? They're these little S-shaped flat, oh, yeah. Yeah, flat yeah. shape hooks, hooks if you have a molding in your apartment or house. And if you don't want to put nails in your wall, you can use these molding hooks and then hang wires off of them and then hang your prints from those. Right. And so I used molding hooks and I used chains and the prints that I made were prints on a poster, a uh, foam core board. Uh, mm, so it was uh, light. It was not. A yeah, big... light. And it wasn't framed. And it was just, and I, I did some kind of rigging in the background. So I made a triangle and it, and it was really easy to, when I was using chains to um, change the length so that everything was equal. Mm. And, you know, it wasn't perfect, perfect. It wasn't like a gallery things with, you know, frames and stuff like that, but they looked, they looked good, and this rail system worked out really well because then you can hang anything from it. If you have molding hooks or even just S-hooks, you can put an S-hook on there with even just, you know, a fishing wire or something like that and hang your print in the center and, you know, mm -hmm. shift it back and forth, and it's easy to change the length. Right. So I suggested to him about that. I showed him a picture of it, so he I mean, hopefully he'll look into that. And uh, I'm gonna, I, my to-do list is to put a gallery of stuff together. I'm not sure what to do. I'm like this, like, oh, well, what pictures would I want to show? <laughs> Part of me thinks maybe, you know, details of the neighborhood. You know, maybe mm -hmm. it was one thing. Uh, maybe some just generic, you know, New York stuff. I don't know. I don't know what he's got in mind in terms of. You know, I think this would be more like a show rather than decor. Right. You know? So if it's a show, then I guess we could. Actually, I have to talk to him about that. I don't know what what he's what his plan is. I think he should have, yeah, have he should it as a be gallery. Part of the, and two, I mean, part of collaboration is it helps you answer certain questions you really don't want to ask of yourself. If you've got someone with a preference, it's easy to go with it because thank goodness someone's you know <laughs> expressed oh, something. You're not yeah. wandering in the wilderness, and you know you and I have enough material that we don't feel bad if you don't pick what. You know, right, we have an right. idea that you pick something that's going to be more appropriate and what he thinks is going to generate interest from the clientele that go through his place. I think it's great. Yeah. And especially if to set it up as a gallery space so that you can have the pictures for sale and have an opening and, you know, sell your yeah. food stuffs and have people come over and make it a big, you know, sort of a gathering yeah. thing. So, yeah. Uh, Very I, cool. I assume he's thinking about that, or I haven't talked about him, talked to him about that fully. So uh, that's on the plate. But cool. yeah, I gotta get, I gotta get that moving along soon. It's one of those things that I, I keep putting off. But uh, it's been a couple of years now, so uh, probably not time to pull it off. So anyway, uh, cool. Changing, changing gears here. I saw that you uh, had a a sky event near your house. We did last night. Um, Describe, please. Well, at 10 o'clock last night, my my beloved is watching some TV, and she got an alert on her watch saying that there was a 
auroral storm, northern lights, um, on tonight. And usually what it means is we get into the, get into the car and we go out and drive north of the city to get away from the light pollution of the city and try and get or pictures of the northern lights. But so, you know, the first idea is to go out onto the deck in the backyard and have a look, look north and see what we can see. And we were just bowled over by the intensity of, uh, of what we saw. Um, not just the typical green, which is what you, you know, typically see, um, you know, these green kind of shimmery curtainy kind of things in the Northern, uh, Northern part of the sky, close to the horizon. This was above our head and it wasn't, wasn't just green. There was white, there was red, there was purple. Uh, there was a deep violet even as beautiful and was so bright. It was actually starting to light, um, our backyard. Wow. Almost like, uh, like, a, and you could tell because the moon was, uh, I don't know if you, the moon and, and Venus are, are very close together right now. so they're bright objects in the sky, you know, uh, straight, straight West. And you could see the shadow of the moon on our back fence. But you could also see that the aurora was lighting that shadowed area beside really? the fence. Really? Yeah. So I, oh, wow. yeah. So that was, it was very, very bright. And that's in the city limits too. So that was amazing. So I had to get up early this morning. So I didn't want to go out for a drive and be out until after midnight and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> so I awkwardly set up my little, my little travel tripod and set up my street camera, the street camera that I use and. I have some guidelines uh, for exposure and stuff. And so I pointed in different regions of the sky and I got a couple of nice ones last night. Can, and can you see it well with your eyes or is the camera picking it up more because you're doing a longer exposure? Um, you, well, last night you could certainly see it very well. Um, mm -hmm. The colors like the white and the violet are really hard to discern uh, unless you stare at a region of sky sort of like darkroom eyes. You remember, you know, mm, we were kids, yeah, like you yeah. would, you would, it would start to come on, but then I'm going back and forth between looking at the sky and then looking at the display on the back of the camera. That's really so your I'm zapping my, <laughs> yeah. uh, because you do really, it, it's a situation where you really do have to chimp because, uh, you know, I have ideas for, um, um, typically for me at my latitude, 25 seconds is about as long as exposures I'd want. Um, and then I'd pick a kind of a middling aperture, five, six or four or eight. What are you using like a anyway. 16 millimeter or something? I use a 16 most of the time last night because we were in the backyard, I could, and because it was so intense and because there was foreground details, trees and neighboring homes. I could use my, I could use my 23, which I didn't, don't normally use. Mm -hmm. And the features were such that they made kind of compositional sense to do that. And, uh, I was afraid because I love the 16 because it has a manual focus clutch and I could just turn it to infinity and not have to worry about it with the 23. It's the, you know, the XF 23 right. F2. Oh, yeah. And so I have to look at the little focus scale on the, on the display in the back to make sure I'm still at infinity. Mm before I trip it, trip the shutter. And, and my XE three actually has a screw in, uh, for a cable release. So it's an old school <laughs> get to use a cable release. There's no self time. Good, good for Fuji. Most of the, most of their <laughs> X cameras have the, have the little screw thing for big fan of the cable release, man. Yeah. And yeah. I have two of them in case one fails. What's like a cable a, release? Totally. <laughs> What's a cable release? It's a little wire thing. You a little push, uh, you push on it and 
and and it's nice that I can actually set 25 seconds as an as an exposure time as opposed to clicking and locking and then looking at a watch for 25 seconds. Could you I do think. 25 seconds with the 23 millimeter or is that just with the 16? Uh, I got away with it last night doing 25 seconds with the 23. Yeah. My, the stars don't look like uh, grains of rice, so so it worked oh. out fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and the reason, like, if, if you don't do astrophotography, one of the reasons why you think, well, it's the sky, you, you should be able to expose for a minute or two minutes or whatever. Well, the problem is because of the rotation of the earth, the sky moves and it leaves star trails, and that can be used to great effect in other ways. But when it's aurora... You don't want it for too long because you want the feature of the aurora not to be too muddled. You want to catch it when there's some definition. At the same time, you don't want to have the distraction of having your uh, your stars look like little grains of rice on the on the uh, image. Twenty five seconds is sort of my sweet spot. Uh, Twenty twenty five seconds, so and they worked out great, and they're they're quite beautiful. And I'll make a point of uh, giving you a couple of pictures. Yeah, to, please. Uh, yeah. To uh, to well, post on the show notes. I saw them and I, you know, <laughs> and you know, to be able to step in your backyard and see something like that, uh, is pretty flipping amazing. Yeah. Um, I wish, uh, I don't think we, you know, auroras don't reach down here at all, or if it is, it's very, very rare and we wouldn't be able mm -hmm. to see it anyway with all the city lights, I imagine. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, what, do you know what defines the colors of the auroras? Like why I actually don't know. I want to oh, say the temperature okay. of the plasma and the composition of so it's just whatever green. it is that's plasmaing. So it's usually green, but yeah, the one shot I'm looking at that you did, which I actually kind of like because, kind of like, I do like it because the tree and the line of the uh, aurora sort of line up a little bit. So it looks like mm -hmm. you've got this sort of triangular shape, um, the base of it being trees and uh, and stuff, and the top part of the uh, pyramid of it is this aurora this purple and green aurora yeah so i like and it. there's some white in there too which is also for me i don't right in the typically center, right? get yeah. to use yeah i don't you get to see white aurora and then some stars that you got or a planet i don't know if it's a planet yeah there is uh hercules is sort of in the middle there somewhere hercules um, hercules 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 <laughs> and there's uh, mars is in there too i'd have to look at the star map to figure out mars is in that image somewhere and just to, uh, I'm sorry for everyone who's watching this on audio, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but the, the crescent moon and, uh, and Venus are very close together and very bright, very striking sky we're having this week. Wow. Uh, but they're just out of the frame to the right. Uh, but anyway, so I was going after this, uh, this particular shape that was, uh, these streamers that were coming directly down towards the uh, to the ground. It's not the typical curtain thing that you would see, it you know uh, in a, in a, on the northern horizon, low to the horizon. This mm -hmm. is almost directly above our heads, and that also made it pretty spectacular. Yeah, that's crazy, and it's just awe-inspiring too. I imagine too. It is, and it's uh, and as I was saying, you know, before we went on, uh, before we started the recording. Uh, when you see a really good display, it just takes you back to your early memories of seeing uh, the Northern Lights for the first time. And you just stand there in silence, really. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, There's other I, stuff I going on on and around this planet that we don't, mm. you know, just as individuals, we don't really understand, but it sure is beautiful. It's things that are bigger than us. Yeah.
and I mean, literally, but figuratively too, like this, the, this, uh, the wonders of that. I wish I could see something like that. That's a, that's a, that's something I, you know, that and a tornado. <laughs> I don't know why I want to see. Yeah. I'm interested in big weather too. I, I get what you're big saying. Big weather scares the crap out of me. <laughs> it's just, it's scary in a, like, you know, a like, you know, a, roller coaster kind of way you know yeah like just yeah. want to go and do this stuff but this is well except you know, it can destroy your house well yeah i don't want to be <laughs> yeah no i don't want to be in in any place where it can be destroyed auroras don't destroy anything they're just beautiful and no. and big uh and so is weather so i mean yeah. is this considered weather no it uh, well uh, auroras i mean she got your wife got an alarm what is that a, like a yeah there's a, a weather there's, alarm or? there's apps you can buy for the for in our case iphones that um and who fires use, off the alarm is it like other people or well like no crowd, you you set or? your your lat long and it looks at the data coming in and looks at the whatever the i don't know what the um what the measure is kp i think i think it's called if the values go up to a certain threshold where you're likely to see them then you're likely oh, so to see are, the aurora you will uh, get an alert. So there are conditions that yes. will trigger. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's yeah. great. And an app, having an app for doing it. We have apps for everything. This is great. Yeah. It's nice because then you're not like waiting for like, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? Well, sometimes you miss it. Like there's a lot of rural activity and it's a bit like fishing. Sometimes you go oh, out and you yeah. see bits of it and then, well, the real activity happened an hour and a half ago and we missed it. The thing is, you gotta, you got, you know, if you're an aurora chaser, which is not unlike the people who chase tornadoes. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a local guy uh, who I'd mentioned before, a local uh, pro called Neil Zeller. He's sort of a specialist in uh, aurora photography. He's always out there, he, and sometimes he takes. Uh, uh, I think on one occasion, I think this year, he had taken a group out, uh, just based on the information they're getting. Um, you know, I'm. In half an hour, I'm leaving to go take pictures of the Aurora east of the city who wants to come with me. And he has like a, uh, a van, uh, like a touring van. Oh, Drives really? a whole group out, you know, midnight at midnight to go <laughs> take pictures of the Aurora. And it's fantastic. Well, that's a so, Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's based where? Near you? He's based in Calgary. Calgary? I don't know exactly where he lives, yeah. but he's in the city here. Yeah. 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 Well, that's pretty special to be able to go out and uh photograph something like this oh you know just to let's geek out for just a second technical sure. stuff you were you sure. were uh what isos are you running at um because you got to be careful with you don't want to have too much noise in the picture i mean what's the what so so the first criteria for me is is exposure time so that's the first that's kind of the non-negotiable thing so for me it's between 15 and 25 seconds typically 25 seconds um and then i pick an app or uh, i would uh it depends where my where my head's at um i'll pick an aperture between f4 and f8 depending on how light the sky is or how light the display is. I'm fine with overexposing it a little bit because the values can come down and then I've got a little bit of meat to deal with to make the sky mm -hmm. black again because 
there's some background haze, you know, that kind of picks up light pollution and so on. Mm-hmm, that kind of mm-hmm. picks up. Um, the ISO um, is between 800 and 3200. And I'm fine shooting at 3200. You you can hinge off that and then, you know, 32, uh, uh, you know, ISO 3200, 25 seconds, and then calculate where the where the aperture is going to be, and it'll fall in the, that range. Do you set the set? You set the ISO yourself, or you let the camera choose? I do both. Oh, you do I, both. I do okay. both because I was unfamiliar. Because there's some foreground details. There are the trees and the houses uh, that are in the houses are actually. Uh, the house that's that's included in part of the image here uh, was actually lit by the inside lights of our home, right? Oh, <laughs> because of the long exposure, right? Yeah, it's it looks not, like a street light almost, but it's not. It's just yeah, it's not. It's just it's because just of the long exposure. Yeah, it's being lit by our you know by our kitchen lights, which we yeah. guess if we had the presence of mind, I suppose we could have turned all those lights off. But but then you just have this black shape. Then yeah, not, well, well, that's well, fine. I think the, windows, the black shape, but the black shape is, I think, is fine because you know what it is. You sort of know what that shape is. Um, yeah. Anyway, it it you know, and I could have you know, I could have burned it down. Not, or next whatever, time, whatever. It doesn't next time, matter. Next time, yeah. So in this case, because I was sort of unfamiliar, I don't shoot off the deck. I usually go out in the middle of nowhere and I'll shoot at ISO thirty two hundred. It's quite a bit darker. Um, here, I let it float between eight hundred and thirty two hundred. Most hmm. of the images were six, between 1,600 and 3,200. So depends on how much you trust your camera. Uh, if 3,200 is not working for you, then maybe you should open up a little more and pick a lower eye. So. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. And uh, Well, it's good to know your camera like that. And uh, Astrophotography is something I, I like to do, and not as something you know, like official, but you know, setting up my camera on the hood of a car and pointing it at the sky and setting it for like thirty seconds and, and yeah. you know, see what happens kind of thing. Well the further um, south you are, those the faster your shutter speed's gonna have to be because you're you're spinning faster. You're spinning faster, yeah. Yeah. I noticed that, but you know, I've only done it I've done it with uh, well, I've done it with my iPhone, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. The the new iPhone literally caught a shot of the Milky Way where I couldn't even see it with my eyes. Mm. Uh, it wasn't particularly, it was a little noisy and grainy, but it still distinguished the Milky Way perfectly. I darkened the blacks a little bit. But mm. I used my uh, X100 and once just put it on a, like, literally like sat it on a car roof, pointed up, yep. and uh, just changed different exposures, like the, the times and stuff like that. And, and let's see what we get. And... You know, you look at it, look at the back and say, oh, it looks this, that, and the other thing. And then you know, go back and try something else. And, you know, it's got that noise, uh, that second exposure that it does to eliminate the noise. Yeah. Right. So for however much time you put into the exposure, it will take a second frame for the same amount of time with the shutter closed to, to then compensate for the noise, which means you have to wait. You know, if you set your shutter up for 30 seconds, then you have to wait a minute. Yeah. before you take the the next shot but uh, the results are i find more often than not you know pretty exciting and so you you were i can't remember if you were just telling me offline or you told, said it while we were on the air that you only took like uh eight shots six or six eight or, six or, or maybe eight shots. ten yeah. ten yeah maybe. so now the problem is and it, it, it's a problem it, it it's a situation you have to deal with with, with these cameras with the mirrorless is that 
you have a 25 second exposure. So the camera's tied up for that. Plus there's all the noise reduction and post or post whatever processing that it does after, which is another 20 seconds. And, um, you'd think that Northern lights would be this kind of slow, beautiful show and really isn't. It's quite fleeting. So while all this is going on, there's other exciting things going on elsewhere in the sky <laughs> because I'm not the most coordinated dude. I'm like, oh, I got to loosen the head and turn it. Oh, darn. I got to, and then I got to, well, I want to go horizontal this time. And then by the time I set it up, this fancy display that I was lining up for has, has evaporated. And now I'm waiting to get something else. So you need two cameras. I do have two cameras, but I only have one tripod. So, oh, then you need two my, tripods. My wife even... asked me about that. Well, you have two cameras. <laughs> well, I don't, I can't, I, yeah. you just go from one to the other and to back and forth while oh, this well, one's exposing. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You know, I've got two, I've, I do have two, uh, plates. Yeah, I could do that. Uh, next time. This yeah. is an impromptu thing. Yeah. And no, I'm lucky they, enough they to say great. there'll be a next time. I'll be happy to, you know, yeah. to do this a next time. But it's one of these things in life, like, you know, if it's happening, you don't get any pictures if you don't go out there. So, right. yeah, take and, the picture, get the shot. And I think actually, um, yeah. I think in a lot of ways, these pictures mean more to other people than they do to me. I mean, their experiences and things that I see relatively often in my life. And I really enjoy showing guys like you who don't get to see this mm -hmm. and talk about it. I think that's important. Uh, you know, those of, uh, those of us that don't live in the higher latitudes, um, it's, um, pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I agree. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, no problem. We'll get those in the show notes, folks. Show notes. They're not the best, uh, uh, you know, auroral pictures, but they show they show something that's relatively rare in terms of color. Yeah, and I, well, I think they're pretty good shots, especially the one with the purple. I think that one's pretty outstanding. So. Yeah. What's next? I don't know. What is next? We're going to talk gonna, about other stuff. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> wanted to talk about uh, um, double take, right? Double take. Yes. Double what take. is it about images that make us want to take another look at them? Yes. Can we talk about that a little bit? Sure. Uh, yeah. And you know, it's funny because I, again, I've been, I just finished the, uh, the Avedon uh, biography on, on audio tape. I have to listen to it again. It's I'm it's, on my third listen, by the way. Third listen. Is it is it having meaning the third time? Like um, you know, you, like you can forget a lot because it's a very long. I book, forget a lot. Well, I forget a lot, and I'm also you know uh, my yeah. Well, it's a combination of my memory and sometimes I tend to doze off. So <laughs> okay. So I'm like oh no, it's not. Oh, I thought uh, you're gonna have something profound to say, and it's like no, it's just because I forget. Well, that is profound, I think. Well, it? maybe. Okay, sure. Why not? But, you know, I'm looking <laughs> no, at... No, I I'm, just want to kind of... I like... I pride myself on memorizing things, and I think audiobooks, I'm just not... Uh, I think I might memorize it better if I read it instead yeah. of well, listening okay. to it. Well, be that as it may, I just finished past week. Uh, I'm going to see his show tomorrow. You lucky. The, at the... Uh, Bastard. At the, yeah, the, the murals at the show. 
but we were talking about double take as a as an idea for a, a bit of a subject and what, what do you think we mean by that like explain that i think there's some different things that make you go back and look at a picture uh, again like right away one is oh the subject is this and like no no wait wait a second there isn't this isn't about that there's something else going on in the image that is deeper or disturbing or uh, enlightening in the image that um, it almost seems like a puzzle. Like, oh wait a sec, this is mm -hmm. this image is not what I thought it was about. There's more. There's more. Way more to it. And in relationship to a lot of the pictures I'm looking at from uh, Avedon's books that I have usually next to me while I'm listening to the uh, listening to the biography is uh you know the the picture on the cover of this book um uh portraits of the mm -hmm. guy covered with the bees and i've seen this thing for years this mm -hmm. picture for years and you want to talk about a picture that i have to come back to uh of you know one of the strong pictures of his that i keep looking at and, and there's this. an accounting of the creation of that photograph in there the, is a good accounting i won't spoil it because if anybody yeah. wanted to read it it's worth listening yeah. to but yeah. you 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 know the image itself you're trying to think about well what what is going on in the picture mm -hmm. who is this guy and why is he covered by bees and and then the style of avidon adds to this whole um kind of mystery because you're sort of forced to well you are forced to look at him there's nothing in the background and uh, his white alabaster skin and what looks like you know uh, about a thousand bees covering his good chunk of his body and the fact that the guy has no hair on his body whatsoever yeah but it's this is one of the pictures that i keep looking at but when you mentioned this subject the the first thing i thought about for me as much as there's so many i have got a bunch of books in front of me um there's so many art books or, or art photographs well fine art photographs excuse me that I come back to and, and look at all the time and, and I just pull these off randomly on my shelf and Edward Weston the first per picture I think about is the um, the pepper number or what pepper is it 34 number 34 say. which looks like you know uh, well, it looks like whatever you think it looks like you know you look at yeah. the picture but uh, or I pulled out a Bernie Sabat book but the the one that really jumped out at me or the subject matter that jumped out at me was photojournalism Mm. photojournalistic pictures and and the book i pulled out which i think is one of the first books i had my mom might have given it to me for a birthday present when i was like a little person because i was into photography was this book called moments so mm. uh the book i have with me now is a is a paperback version of that and it's uh, so moments is the pulitzer prize winning photograph so i don't know if they put this put this out every year or every few years and they add the current Pulitzer winning uh, photo uh, photographs to it because the book I had was a lot thinner than this one I, I know the, the world press have have an annual I don't know the Pulitzer one yeah well it's it the the idea of looking back well I of course remember looking at this book or these photographs over and over and over again and trying to you know parse the story that was going on in the picture Mm -hmm. but uh for some reason i get i get drawn back to these pictures over and over again so i'm not sure if that's what you're kind of talking about or there's that well i i agree too that those first books that i got um i go over and over through as well 
I, I don't know if they're just early influences or if there's something specific about uh, you refreshing. And we, we, I think we talked last time about refreshing your memory of the image of those, uh, those Magnum uh, images that we have uh, that we purchased from them. Yeah, this to kind go of back and refresh your memory of yeah. of what it is you're looking at, and whether you, you know it works for those pictures that you have to kind of do a little bit of work to discern what's going on. Hmm. Um, well, what's a it, picture for you? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you a couple of mine, but what what comes to your mind for you? Um, well, the, there's the photojournalism thing. I, I was just thinking what flashed into my head just right away was. Uh, and I think we're going to talk about this in the future uh, with fashion photography. I think we're going to have a discussion mm -hmm. about that at some point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and our both got our shared love for uh, celebrity photography. Yep. And it's, yep. it's, you know, it's sort of like, uh, do we not have enough of celebrities? Like, do we have to, like, you know, stare at pictures of them? They're on TV. They're, <laughs> we don't, you know, but in the, in the era that I've started looking at celebrity photography, there was something about uh, seeing a moment or a gesture in the celebrity that you, I don't know, it's some movie star that you have a crush on or it's some matinee idol guy that, you know, some guy that you you wish you, you knew or you wish mm -hmm. you were or mm -hmm. that pretty girl in the movie. Uh, and there, when you have a celebrity portrait taken of them, you hope, and sometimes the good celebrity photographers provide something of that person that is different from a persona or a character that they play or in some lame press interview that they do. There's something about them that's like, could I know this person? Could I be this person's friend? Mm. Uh, and that's what I get out of the best celebrity photography is that, that I could be this, you know, Maybe we could sit down and have a conversation. You know, there there was something more personal, extracting something out of the subject. Now, I know full well that these actors especially have complete control of what they project to the lens because that's what they do for a living. And I can't, you know, I have I can't control that, but I like the idea of somebody like uh, Doug Kirkland or it's another celebrity photographer, um, um, nothing's coming to mind now, but Dan anyway, Winters? Dan Winters. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that can extract something that you want to think that was unintentional or something that we caught an actual moment where that celebrity's guard was down for a second. You could see who they really were. Well, the thing about those the, kind of images that I, you know, will go back to over and over again. Yeah. And not to jump the gun on a future, a soon future show, but. Avedon, but think of that shot of Marilyn Monroe that Avedon caught uh, between uh, takes or the after takes when she's sort of not looking at the camera and she's sitting yeah. down and looking at the side uh, and and uh, she's not putting on the persona of Marilyn Monroe. She's Norma yeah. Jean, it seems, in, in that picture. You yeah. Know. You know the shot I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know the one you're talking yeah. about. There's another picture, and I'm sorry, the photographer has, uh, the name has escaped me. Um, it was a photograph of Michelle Pfeiffer, and it was at the very end of the uh, of the shoot. She was sitting on a stool, presumably she was a straight ahead portrait. Somehow, or the the camera was quite a bit above her, sh um, shooting down towards her. She's just 
kind of sliding aside to get off uh, to get off the stool and actually you can't really even see her you don't see her face you just see her hair down you know unmistakably it's michelle pfeiffer and her her leg is kind of pushing off this off the stool hmm. and it's like there's a gesture a moment of like that's how she moves this is who this woman is <laughs> yeah. yeah and it was and that's the kind of picture where you're like well this is michelle pfeiffer just you know she's she's done you know having her photograph taken and there's this kind of moment in between moments or moments after the moments there's the one that's staged and then there's one that isn't and the one that isn't uh in my mind if it's done well if there's some cognizance going on there's something magic and human about what's going on that that image is fantastic Mm. um that's what find that hopefully we can find yeah it i've sure. got it over here in my oh collection. you do oh well then you, I'll, I'll, I'll grab hopefully it figure it out you know when you're talking about the um looking at stuff again it's it you know i i when i go to the pulitzer prize shots because probably the book that i started with got me thinking about photography more um but i can con you know this sort of ties into what we were talking about last week uh last episode about collecting you know because mm -hmm. if you're collecting photography or buying it and and you talk about you if you can hang it on the wall and you're going to look at it and it's going to bring up multiple questions every time you look at it i think about the the guy who was talking about having that picture of the wave uh, above his bed so that he could look at it and he doesn't he sees it as a you know um what did i say a silk sheet or a or a single wave in the ocean mm -hmm. uh if you're going to have that kind of photography in front of you you're going to look at it all the time you can't always fully understand it if you did it would sort of lose its magic in fact you know mm -hmm. i've got pictures on my wall now that for it sort of faded in the background i've just become uh you know decoration because it's <coughs> no longer something that has a in fact i don't even think the pictures had questions or or sort of uh longevity to look at they're just really nice pictures in, in the sense of the brooklyn botanic garden mm -hmm. um but you know i got shane's picture up there which brings up a whole sorts of questions of the uh, the winged victory of samothrace so it's actually frankly time for me to change that but anyway sorry you know i go back to the uh i've got actually some of these pages bookmarked from i think it was from another podcast i think i was on uh i was talking to sid about this on uh shutter time but um i pick up this book I haven't picked it up in a while, but I look at it, and again, I'm drawn to certain shots, certain events, and they're Pulitzer Prize pictures. Uh, the one that always stands out the most is this one called The Flag in the Plaza. Mm -hmm. It shows this uh, man, um, this white guy, actually about to uh, jab a flagpole into a black gentleman who's in a suit. Uh, do you know this picture? Yeah. I, I'm yeah. sure it's available. I'll, I'll put it up in the show notes. Yeah. He's holding it like a battering ram. He's taking a run at him like a spear. Right. And it's an American flag. And, and uh, I think the black gentleman is a lawyer and he's trying to get to, uh, uh, it's a city hall plaza and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, I've constantly looked at this this image in multiple times. And uh, it's not something I would want hanging on my wall, actually. It's not, it's not. It's because it's such a violent picture, but yeah. it has such, um, you know, that almost looks like it's taken from a painting, mm -hmm. right? Of some sort of revolution or some sort of evil, you know, and the irony of this guy, you know, 
uh, who's uh, a lawyer about to get uh, hit by an American flag. Um, and it, what what goes on when I look at the pictures, I'm always looking at the people's faces and wondering what's going on in their minds mm-hmm. and put all sorts of uh, questions about how someone can do this and what what is what what the hell is happening and uh, there's no answers you know this picture yeah. doesn't have the answers but uh, it's definitely something that uh, uh, I, I keep looking at and um, I think I probably always will uh, and you know there's a story behind it I won't read it um, what was going on uh, but uh, yeah so for me, it's these it's these it's these photojournalistic pictures that bring up the most amount of uh, thinking. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. that's the right word. I don't know if I'm thinking about the pictures or whatever. Well, yep. And uh, what? Go ahead. So I was just saying another component too is uh, nostalgia or memory, whatever you want to say. Um, what do you mean? Well, I, I think of those pictures that I took last summer at that um, that abandoned home as the one I used to live in. I go back to those a lot because oh, yeah. those were lived in spaces and they are now not. And so I can hear the sounds, and I think I mentioned it in the episode that we when we were talking about that, the show, that, you know, I remember playing the stereo in that parlor, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and now it's just the sound of um, birds, you know, pigeons in there, um, and the wind blowing through the windows. It's different. Um, you find yeah, yourself kind of, looking at those pictures? Like, I do every now and then because yeah, I yeah. go through my That's Instagram stream for or my Flickr stream for other reasons, and then I just see them in the stream. There's not that many. There's eight or ten of them, and I'm like, no, oh, slow down here, take a look. Um, they're part of uh, a a kind of a revisionist history of, mm-hmm. you know, did the family really like living there? No. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, miserable, cold winter. I got pneumonia that one winter. It's like a, one of those farm pioneer things where I spent oh. a couple of days in the hospital because yeah. I got pneumonia. It was a miserable, cold winter. Um, you know, all, all kinds of things that bring it back. And so you go back to those and, you know, you... I was there. I was the only one in the family that's been back, as far as I know, to go in there. And I kind of, you know, presented it to my family, said, here's the state of the thing. And everyone's left to their own Mm -hmm. perception of what they see. Mm. Um, So everybody projects themselves onto the pictures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. As you were saying that, it made me think that often someone else might see something in your picture that will make you take it, take a second look at it too. Uh, when someone yeah. else looks at something, I mean, cause you know, I look at my own pictures and I, I can only f- find the meaning that I, that I had when I was taking the picture, I might find something else, but when someone else looks at it and says, Oh, I see such and such, or I see what you're doing mm-hmm. here, X, Y, and Z. And all of a sudden they can switch perspectives and see the picture through a different set of eyes and like oh wow yeah i didn't even notice that or yeah you know i don't know what's going on and then I'll allow myself to to take a take a second look it's it's funny you're talking about those pictures of your your house because they have meaning and uh it's been you know that's going to sort of build in uh, um you know this required sort of looking at over and over again 
because uh, it's going to, you were saying, bring up nostalgia and memory and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes with, with images that I take, I, I, they, they don't, I don't see them having that value to me. But, like, for instance, I walk around my neighborhood. Like I said, I've been taking these little sort of detailed shots of things in my neighborhood. And I'll post them up on the Facebook group for people in the neighborhood. And people in that group, there are people who are from this neighborhood who don't live here anymore. Mm -hmm. And so they'll start to talk about the picture. Like, oh, that thing is such and such. And I remember when it was blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And and then it, I, I start looking at it through their uh, filter rather than just, oh, I was taking this cool thing or it's some part of the neighborhood that I see all the time. And... You know, I'm going to record it, and then they're bringing a different perspective to it, which allows me to, to then look at it in a different way, and, it, and then suddenly the picture has a little bit more meaning. Uh, right. It, it means something more to them because they're they're touching into the nostalgia or memory, but then for me it has a little bit more meaning than just this cool item. There's some part of history or something, yeah. short as it may be or whatever. So I, I always find that kind of interesting. But it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen with a lot of the pictures I take and uh, you know, to, to have the kind of experience you did with like going back to your, to your place that you grew up in um, and, and, and to create those pictures will certainly have a reason to look back at it. Actually, the only other thing I'm thinking about is pictures of me and uh, Elizabeth, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, I'm putting together slideshows or pictures for her memorial. It's coming up in a month, uh, sorry, in June. Um, and, uh, those are the ones I can do the double takes for, but there's a lot of, I want to say baggage. I don't want to judge it, but there's a lot of, you know, yeah, we'll stuff, yeah. stuff to those pictures too. Deep so feeling, yeah. there's deep feeling and whatnot. Um, but, uh, you know, there's the kind of imagery that I don't get tired of looking at, uh, mm -hmm. at, at all, you know? Uh, so, so there's something to that, but, um, yeah, it goes you know, beyond. It goes beyond photography as a craft or an art or whatever those lofty, you know, philosophical things. They they really have a function in memory in a very human way, in the in this particular context for sure. Yeah, and how important photography can be to uh, triggering memories and and. Uh, uh, anyway, that's that's going in a different direction. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but it's, it's another an, reason to continue looking at them. It is. It is yeah. another reason to. And you know, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I just spaced out. I'm sorry. I forgot. <laughs> okay. Was another reason why you'd be doing a double take on the image, or is it just? I I lost it. Yeah, oh. I lost my. I lost my. This happens when we got to start writing notes. We got to start writing notes. <laughs> Yeah, we wing this sometimes, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, well, I want to hear about you know a, a specific image of yours that or something that you've you know uh, go back to besides your own pictures. I mean, there must be someone else's. Um, I look well, and this is why. Uh, yeah, we don't have notes, so that this why you have to like. Well, no, I've on, got I've got a few things to choose from here. Uh, yeah, we'll I look one. at um gary winogrand street images i mean my my favorite my favorite street image ever is the bench the world's fair 1964 
with the women on the bench in all different poses, just naturalistically. Book ended by two men, one's reading the paper and one's kind of staring off into space. It's a, for me, it's a, 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 as close to a perfect street image and that everyone is in their own, <laughs> my own definition of a street image is everyone, every individual in the picture is in their own little world. Mm-hmm. Or in that particular picture, there are a couple of women that are kind of staring. One's looking into a magazine, and there's two of them looking down. I think together, um, uh, just the virtuosity of that particular image brings me back to it all the time. Like listening to a favorite piece of music, um, where you got to play it over and over again to figure it out. And that's one of them. Then that and would be one you'd probably hang on your wall if you had absolutely. To, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And it has inspired a whole bunch of other pictures, including my my current profile picture in Facebook, right? Which is that family that we took not too far from where Winograd took another image. <laughs> yeah, I you know, know the, the in uh, Central Park Zoo. Like, okay, so here's is, a question. Well, actually, sorry to, to interrupt. I know you didn't I, want me to talk about my own pictures, but no, <laughs> there's a connection. There's a through line for there me gonna, there. But as long as we're on it, what um, what do you think the criteria? Is well, that's another question. Uh, I want to, I want to be able to create an image like that that would have the ability for people to take a double take out. And I don't want to like chalk it up to luck or circumstances. But like, what is the what kind of criteria do you see in a picture that sort of because you can tell the difference, right? You yeah. can see a picture on your in your own camera roll, right? Yeah. This picture, who cares? It's a nice picture. It's nice. I did it in the moment, and and it goes sits on the you know in the hard drive. This one, there's something else to it. And is it it what is, is it the criteria of the picture? Is it a criteria? Is it something in you? Is it a combination? What all of the above? I think. Yeah, I know. I was like, but like, how do you? Uh, there's no magic moment. There's no magic. Key well, it becomes or... magic in the convergence of circumstances, right? And I know okay. you didn't want to talk about luck, but it's really, you know, the fortune favors the prepared. You're going out there, you're shooting. Um, well, that's different than luck. I think luck is you make your own luck because you're you're paying attention, you know, yeah. and you're and you're able to do that. So is 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 that it? You're just being vigilant? well. I was thinking you paid me a great co- uh, compliment when I was. Yeah, when I was visiting you and I was posting the pictures from the first day I was out by myself at ground zero, lower Manhattan, walking north up, up Broadway. Um, and you know, I said, here, here's some pictures that I, you know, I posted and you said, you know, I really love your whatever effing pictures or whatever it was. It was a little profane. Right. And I'm like, wow, this is, and it was funny because I get this great compliment at the same time, my feet want to fall off because <laughs> I've been walking miles and miles and miles. And I'm like, I, that's a great boost. You know, if you, if you have like uh, someone that, you know, appreciates the work and, and the hit rate for me, the hit rate was unbelievable. Like I've never had such a hit rate on a day. Like those images that I took that, I had posted were what two days worth of work and there was a dozen or more like passable images that had some, that had some sparkle in them. Right. 
um, there's a combination of being in the right place, having the, uh, you know, having the camera set up right, uh, the light is right. And there's that extra bit of inspiration where my whole being was set up to mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. that work. And that's and reflecting, so, you think that's that reflected is, absolutely in the, it is yeah. because I would not have looked as deeply or waited. I, I like you and neither one of us, when we were out together, neither one of us kind of camped out, right? Uh, like my friend Mark Ryerson does, you know, he'll stand at a corner or he used to stand at a corner and wait for people to walk by and catch. This is a completely valid way of doing it. Uh, I wanted to cover miles and I think you did too, right? Uh, we're just, what we see, we're capturing what it is we see as we walk. Um, and there was that, that inspiration of that, the changing the ebb and flow of what it was that we were doing combined with the inspiration and the wanting to do well and having our days free to just concentrate on that and nothing else. So it's I'm a bit on of vacation. A, it's, it's a bit I of a got, mindset. I got nothing else. Absolutely. I think it's a bit of a mindset as you're approaching to take the picture that can then lead to imagery, which would then have that quality of perhaps wanting to be looked at m- more than once. It's kind of like a right. Doing the best work you can do is another way to think of it. Whether you mean it to be looked for me, I would like to have street pictures where there's a sufficient complexity in it that make you want to go, Oh, this is just these people lined up, but what's this guy doing here with his big open mouth? What's he, is he, you know, trying to offend his sister or something like (laughs) you, you're, 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 again, you're projecting on it. There's a certain interest and complexity and everyone has a separate, um, um, expression, a different expression on their face. Because I have a hard time, explaining or or getting through to people when i show them in one of my classes the fret herzog picture of the guy standing there uh with the bandaged uh, uh hand and the and the, and the tissue woman. paper on, on his chin yeah. and the woman looking at him and you know that's one of those images I, it, it it's funny funny because it keeps popping up on the screen when i look at it i, I picked it because yeah. it was a it's a definitive herzog picture um, just another and, Sunday morning in Vancouver. Right. But you know, <laughs> the, my guess is the audience in this case, the, uh, the students are wondering why did I pick that picture? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I showed the to them and I said, look, there's, there are these things going on in it. And I don't know if it gets through to them, but it's like it warrants multiple looking at to mm. sort of get through to it. And I'm still kind of working on the multiple views. Like I'm trying to figure out what it is that, appeals to me about the picture but you know why i could see in their eyes well there's some mystery why is this picture but why is this picture any better than something i took on fulton street you know like what's the what's the difference you know or if you you look at an eggleston picture of the tricycle or something like that you know what's so you know they could see that what's so special you know Mm -hmm. and i don't blame them because they're not you know they're just learning but you know, I have to sort of be behind what I'm telling them. And sometimes I have a little hard time about like, why am I looking at this picture over and over again? What is it about this? And so well, it's funny. The tricycle picture leads me to, uh, another Winogrand picture. It was taken in the Southwest somewhere of a baby in the open garage door, the, garage, the empty yeah. driveway. And then the, the desert that's just beside, there's such menace in that picture. Like what is, what is going on there? What is the mystery here? There's a kid 
by himself, a baby, like in this open garage right next to the, the it's a, it's a mystery and you want to go through it again to like make next time you check, is the baby still okay? <laughs> you know, I don't know, whatever goes through your mind, you know? So some idea of like, you can't do this with every picture, but some idea of creating mystery or something that would sort of force for viewers. For to, me, those have, yeah. those kinds of pictures have value. Um, and you and can't I'm talking go out about and just make them. them. You can't, no. I mean, they just, it, you, you're aware of the circumstances and you take advantage of it when it, when it comes up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not luck. It's just being aware of your situation and what you're photographing and, all the pieces coming together and, and well, circumstance up, does have yeah. something to do with it, but you have to be prepared yeah. when it happens. Okay. All right. It's something that, you know, I don't see on a daily, and you're not going to see on a daily basis. I don't see on no. a daily basis, but it's, it's, uh, that idea that, and it, it does show up like you came to New York, right? And so do you think anything about coming to a new place? Oh, absolutely. Did it? Okay. So yeah. Cause when not, I went to Mexico, it was the same thing. I was completely yeah. overstimulated. Yeah. Where do I start? And then, then I was the travel photographer. I didn't want to be a travel photographer. I knew when I came to New York, that I was not going to shoot travel. I was going to shoot street as if I was a native New Yorker. Like, look at me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Wasn't so that. Just, I was like, I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be in the, the, you know, I wanted to be a Winogrand. I wanted to be a, uh, Eugene Smith. I wanted to be, uh, the later generation, um, uh, Melissa O'Shaughnessy. She, she's mm -hmm. one of the women photographers. She takes wonderful color pictures of the street in the same places you and I had walked. She's a huge inspiration. So, I'm sure she goes out every day. Yeah. So to leave our audience with some, is there any kind of practical thing that we can do? to sort of hedge our bets in this, in this direction, create, create photography that warrants double takes. Concentrate on doing the best you can do. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the process. It's our process that makes it better. And then uh, when you have enough, and I always say this, when you have enough material, then you can be brutal about culling and all that kind of stuff. And then you yeah. have this more condensed, uh, distilled work. That has more. That has more meaning and more punch. Yeah, the meaning uh, is, is going to be important, I think, in the pictures and uh, spending spending time. You know, people go out and say. That's why I always tell students go out and shoot every day. Like, don't just you know yeah. say I'm going to go shoot tomorrow or something like that. I mean, if you can bring your camera with you everywhere, and uh, you know, keep taking pictures and keep challenging yourself a little bit and uh, not every day is going to end up with a shot that's you know going to end up hanging on a wall someplace no nope. but you know eventually that you'll work hard enough and and start seeing things through slightly different filters that you can then capture it and and, and maybe capture some of that magic in, in which the pictures uh, are something worth collecting and looking at so i don't know if that was just a big bunch of bs or not but it sounds good well it sounds like the pitch of your voice went down like we're nearing the end of the show we're nearing the end of the show yeah that's true too yeah we are nearing the end of the show but uh yeah i just I, okay it's it's something i'm I, the reason i'm talking about this too is because i'm something i want to work on myself i'm like i'm going through this transition 
I, I keep saying this because I don't know what else to call it, but you know, I'm not doing the same kind of street photography that we were doing, mm-hmm. uh, or what I was doing before that. And, you know, I'm walking around with different cameras and different lenses and I'm, I'm, the picture is a lot more quiet. The photography is quiet, but I don't know what it's leading to. I have no idea what is is on the other end of this uh, sort of search. And I, I do know that the uh, photography for me is like I want to get to that. I want to get to those back to those pictures. You know, I look at my old stuff and I'm like, wow, I you know I took that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or I took this. I didn't really. <laughs> like, yeah. And actually, there are some pictures I forgot about. Like, I didn't take that, did I? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I go back and look at that stuff, but now I don't know if the, if the, the pictures weren't that kind of, maybe I'm, I'm too close to them right now. So, but mm-hmm. again, I don't know what direction I want to go in. But I do know I'm wanting, as you were describing that picture of Michelle Pfeiffer or even the, the shot, I was talking about the Abaddon shot of, um, Marilyn Monroe to be able to capture that kind of something in a person. You know, mm-hmm. to be able to get that in any kind of person, you know, to, uh, you know, doing portraits and people are aware of their portraits being made and they and they present themselves in a certain way. But to be able to do that in in a uh, capture somebody in a way that uh, um, is not the facade that they wear right. to the world, but is is the personal part in collaboration with them is something that might be some direction I might like to go into. I just. Well, that's for another story. So, but anyway, cool, cool. All right, yeah. So, yeah, I'll uh, uh, not to put too much of a, no, to put a spoiler on it. But I'm going to the Abaddon show tomorrow, and I think we end up we got to talk about him uh, in the okay. next episode, right? There's um, a big birthday coming up. Big birthday coming up. So, for him, I yeah. usually don't give previews on this, but I'm so excited because I really want to, really want to talk about his work and. Uh, and talk about the kind of imagery that uh, we were just talking about. The double take is is, is a, a person like him, or and any, seeing the actual work that he touched, the, the actual prints. That's a big deal. Yeah, the actual prints themselves. So, uh, we will. I will. I will report back to you in a couple of weeks. But to everybody, right. uh, we'll we'll get in touch with them. Anyway, all right, cool. That's 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 the evening. Yeah, where can where can the world find you in? You can find me on Facebook in at uh, Ward Rosin Photography. I'm on Twitter and Vero as W Rosin Photo. Um, you can find me. You know, let's see where else. Different places. Um, <laughs> oh, it's what getting, else? getting late. I'm, night I'm losing here. it now. Yeah, it's getting pretty <laughs> late here. I didn't sleep very well last night on account of the aurora. Um, oh yeah, blame the aurora. Yeah, yeah, I'll blame. I'll stay up late. Anyway, I have this small business called uh, Ornis Photo. It's O-R-N-I-S dot photo. It's where I um, um, sell um, lens adapters and uh, seven artisans lenses for uh, Fuji X and Sony E-mount cameras. And there are there are unofficial unofficial sponsor. sponsor. Yeah, there you go. All right, we have to get that in. Obviously, <laughs> very important. Are you getting any new lenses in, or is it? Uh, not Are right now. Maybe yeah. later this spring. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm always looking for new lenses, so and literally always looking. Yes, for new you lenses. are. Yeah. So I'm on Vero at AM Rosario and Flickr on AM Rosario. Don't go to my Instagram account on AM Rosario. You can see me there, but uh, don't follow me. 
uh, my website is am rosario and what else yes i am working on my my education site that will be up it's actually up now but uh we're working on it and what else i don't know i think that's it that's all the places we've been winging it all night why should, we've been we, it why all should night. we start it's a at monday the end. night why should we <laughs> exactly <laughs> no, it's like, get the rest of the week you know oh boy but anyway uh yeah thanks for joining me tonight it was no problem my yeah, pleasure now, as usual now i'm all wired up so uh you go go to sleep and i'm gonna stay up all right all right well we'll see everybody in a couple of weeks right cool yep all right good night good night We are 1,100 away, downloads away from um, 150,000. It's pretty amazing, man. I know. That's 300,000 ears. <laughs> Let me do, I'll do that joke, too. <laughs> well, no, we'll put this in the bloopers or something. 3,000, how much? 300,000 300, ears, man. Oh, yeah, but we're, we're mono, so... Does that but mean that but that, but still no. ears and ears, ears and ear. Okay, ears. Many, many ears. We should ago. go stereo because <laughs> stereo would be Oh, it'd be like the fake stereo, like the Beatles, like the old Beatles tone. They put this track in here and that, that track would be in Antonio there. on the left and Ward on the right. And right, but then you lose one speaker because <laughs> you go to a bad diner and they got a speaker out and all you hear is one side of the conversation. And, you know, you just hear George Harrison singing and you don't hear any music. Well, he has a good voice. So. One, two, three, four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>